Section 8 of the Algonquin Legends of New England. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mary in Arkansas. The Algonquin Legends of New England, or Myths and Folklore of the Micmac, Passamaquoddy, and Penobscot Tribes, by Charles Godfrey Leland. Section 8. How Glooskap sailed through the great cavern of darkness. Micmac legend. Now it is told in another tradition, and men tell even this differently, that pitch in those old times Passamaquoddy. Glooskap's seven neighbors, who were all so many different animals, took away his family, and that he followed him, even as it has been written, unto Newfoundland. And when he came there it was night, and finding Martin alone, he took him forth into the forest to seek food, putting his belt on the boy, which gave him such power that he hunted well and got much meat. So it came to pass that the next morning Dame Kakaguch, the crow, observed that Martin was drying meat on his wigwam, and this she spread abroad. But when the people learned that the child had done this, a great fear came upon them all and they set every man in his lodge and awaited death, for they knew that the master had come. Footnote Kakagooch, Micmac, Kakaligus, Passamaquoddy The crow is represented in several stories as always peeping, spying, begging, pilfering, and tail-bearing about a town. The Passamaquoddy Indians have peculiar superstitions as regards killing the crow. End footnote. And he indeed came, but when he saw them all as frightened as rabbits before the wild cat, he laughed aloud and forgave them, for he was noble and generous. And as they were hungry, for he had come in hard times, he gave them much venison, and sorrow departed from their wigwams. But as they had left him of old, he now left them. When they knew him not, they left him to die. Now that they knew him, they feared lest they should perish without him. But he turned his step towards other paths. Now having made a canoe, the master, with Martin and Dame Bear, went upon a mighty river. As the story says, it was broad and beautiful at first, and so they sailed away down towards its mouth. Then they came to great cliffs, which gathered round and closed over them. But the river ran on beneath these, and ever on, far underground, deeper and deeper in the earth, till it dashed headlong into rapids, among rocks and ravines, and under cataracts which were so horrible that death seemed to come and go with every plunge of the canoe, and the water grew narrower, and the current more dreadful, and fear came upon Martin and the woman, so that they died. But the master sat with silent soul, though he sang the songs of magic, and so passed into the night, but came forth again into sunlight. And there was a lovely wigwam on the bank, into which he bore Martin and the grandmother, and saying, Namchase, arise, lo, they arose, and deemed they had only slept, and no Glooskap had gained the greatest power. Footnote. This incident of the passage underground is deeply suggestive of Wabeno, Mystery and Initiation. It will strike every student of classic lore as almost identical with much that he has read. 
if it has not the same symbolic meaning here it has apparently none whatever End footnote. this incident of passing through darkness on a roaring stream in a frail bark before emerging to sunlight or illumination was not only in the ancient heathen myths we are reminded of it by the storm through which jesus passed with the disciples that it made a great impression upon the indians is shown by its being told of pilwick the partridge who is a type of glooskap and who like him makes war on the powers of evil set forth in the porcupines the indians who imagined and selected so many wild and terrible tests to form the shaman or sorcerer as well as the warrior would hardly neglect that of de profundis clamavi the storm the waves darkness and the roaring flood if there is really any norse influence in this tale the river must be the one mentioned in the vafthridnismal i think the stream is called which earth divides between the jotuns and the gods open it shall run throughout all time on that stream no ice shall be it will be observed that having gone down or across this stream pulwick finds himself in the country of the evil sorcerers that is jatunheim to conquer a river among the norse in a dream was a sign of victory to be carried away by one was a terrible omen methought a river ran through the whole house that it roared violently rushed over the benches break the feet of yon brothers twain nothing the water spared something that will portend at le mal in hunland's q twenty five of the great works which glooskap made in the land micmac passamaquoddy and penobscot over all the land of the wabanaki there is no place which is not marked by the hand of the master and it is to be seen on hills and rivers and great roads as well as mighty rocks which were in their day living monsters for there is a very wonderful highway from kiwio footnote hardwood point fort cumberland end footnote to parsborough running parallel with a river now called herbert and this road is called by indians Uwokun, the causeway but by white men or the iglesmani the boar's back for it is said that he meant to visit partridge island and cape blomidon but they who were with him got tired of the sea and wished to cross over by land and while they were resting and getting ready for their trip across the master raising his magic power to a great deed to be spoken of for ever went away a little time and cast up a great and beautiful level ridge throwing it over bogs and streams and on this they travelled rejoicing and having reached the island awaited him and yet again the master did a mighty deed it came to pass in those days that the beavers had built a dam across atkogunchik or cape blomidon to the opposite shore and thereby made a pond that filled all the valley of annapolis now in those times the beavers were monstrous beasts and the master though kind of heart seemed to have had but little love for them ever since the day when quabitsis the son of the great beaver tempted malsum to slay his brother 
Now the bones of these beavers may be found to this day, and many there are on Unomagic, and their teeth are six inches across, and there are no such quabit to-day. Footnote. Both Mr. Rand and myself have been solemnly assured by Indians who have seen these antediluvian remains that they are the petrified relics of Bluskop's victims. End footnote. And these are the remains of the beavers who built the dam at Cape Lomadon and forded the Annapolis Valley. Now Glooskap would have a hunt and do a deed which should equal the great whale-fishing of Kitpusi Ajgunau. So he cut the great dam of near the shore and bade Martin watch, for he said, I mistrust that there is a little beaver hiding hereabouts. And when the dam was cut from where it joined the shore, there was a mighty rush of many waters, so that it swung round to the westward, yet it did not break away from the other shore. Therefore the end of it lodged with a great split therein, when the flood had found a free course, and the whole may be seen there still, even to this day, and may be seen by all of those who pass up the bay. And this point, or Cape Split, is called by the Micmacs Plegion, which, being interpreted, means the opening of a beaver dam. Then to frighten the beaver, Glooskap threw at it a few handfuls of earth, and these, falling somewhat to the eastward of Partridge Island, became the five islands, and the pond which was left was the basin of Minas. And yet another tradition tells that, after cutting the dam, Glooskap sat and watched, but no beaver came out, for Quabit had gone out of a back door. Footnote. This is the Anglo-Indian manuscript already referred to. End footnote. So he took a rock and threw it afar, one hundred and fifty miles, to scare the beaver back again. But the beaver had gone over the Grand Falls, and the stone remaineth there even to this day. The Story of Glooskap, as told in a few words, by a woman of the Penobscot. Glooskabe gave names to everything. He made men and gave them life, and made the winds to make the waters move. The turtle was his uncle, the mink, Uximizel, his adopted son, and Mananquisos, the woodchuck, his grandmother. The beaver built a great dam, and Gluskabe turned it away and killed the beaver. At Mustichik he killed a moose. The bones may be seen at Bar Harbor, turned to stone. He threw the entrails of the moose across the bay to his dogs, and they too may be seen there to this day as I myself have seen them, and there too in the rocks are the prints of his bow and arrow. Footnote. Many a place is pointed out as the locality of the same legend. In addition to those in New Brunswick and Bar Harbor, Thoreau found another in Maine, which he thus describes. While we were crossing this bay, that is the mouth of Moose River, where Mount Caneo rose dark before us within two or three miles, the Indian repeated the tradition respecting this mountain's having been anciently a cow moose, how a mighty Indian hunter, whose name I forget, succeeded in killing this queen of the moose tribe with great difficulty, while her calf was killed somewhere among the islands of Penobscot Bay. And to his eyes this mountain still had the form of the moose and a reclining posture, its precipitous side presenting the outline of her head. 
he told this at some length though it did not amount to much and with apparent good faith and asked us how we supposed the hunter could have killed such a mighty moose as that how we could do it whereupon a man of war to fire broadsides into her was suggested etc an indian tells such a story as if he thought it deserved to have a good deal said about it only he has not got it to say and so he makes up for the deficiency by a drawling tone long-windedness and a dumb wonder which he hopes will be contagious this concluding criticism is indeed singularly characteristic of mr thoreau's own nasal stories about nature but it is as utterly untrue as ridiculous when applied to any indian story-telling to which i have ever listened and i have known the near relatives of the indians of whom he speaks and heard many of them tell their tales this writer passed months in maine choosing penobscot guides expressly to study them to read indian feelings and get at indian secrets and this account of glooskap whose name he forgets is a fair specimen of what he learned yet he could in the same book write as follows the anglo-american can indeed cut down and grub up all this waving forest and make a stump and vote for buchanan on its ruins but he cannot converse with the spirit of the tree he fells he cannot read the poetry and mythology which retires as he advances if mr thoreau had known the indian legend of the spirit of the fallen tree and his guide knew it well he might have been credited with speaking wisely of the poetry and mythology which he ridicules the poor rural yankees for not possessing such a writer can indeed peep and botanize on the grave of mother nature but never evoke her spirit the moving of the island is evidently of eskimo origin since Krantz, history of greenland heard nearly the same story of some magician giant it was probably suggested by the very common floating away of ice islands end of footnote and end of section eight